You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. The Assyrians don't stand a chance. The enemy does not stand a chance. Oh yeah, I know you face trouble. I know you face hardship. I know you face persecution. But none of that, nor famine, nor nakedness, nor danger, nor sword, nor anything will ever conquer you. What happens when the enemy comes your way? The Assyrians conquered and slaughtered every people group they faced, and they were heading toward Jerusalem. In this terrifying context, the psalmist cries out to the Lord for help and mercy. The enemy is after them. Pastor J.D. will teach the promises of God for when you're facing a big threat. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 44 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Uh, We're going to be in Psalms 44, and you can turn there if you're not already there. Beginning in Psalm 44, we're told that it's to the chief musician a contemplation of the sons of Korah. We know the sons of Korah were really actually related to Moses. Korah was Moses' cousin. Not a good guy, didn't end well for him, but his sons and his descendants would be men of God and even worship leaders for Israel, as it were. So, verse 1, we have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days, in days of old. I love just right out of the shoot, verse 1, because it speaks to the importance of talking to our children and even others about all the marvelous and grand and glorious things that God has done. Here the sons of Korah in this contemplation, in this psalm, are reflecting on what they were told by their forefathers of all the deeds, all the things that God did in their day. Verse 2, we get into some kind of specifics as to what those things were that God did. You drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples and cast them out. For they did not gain, verse 3, possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you we will push down our enemies. Through your name we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. But you, verse 7, have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those 
who hated us. In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Selah. Selah meaning stop and consider and meditate, contemplate on these things. Verse 9. But, kind of turn a corner here. You have cast us off and put us to shame and you do not go out with our armies. You make us turn back from the enemy and those who hate us have taken spoil for themselves. You have given us up like sheep intended for food and have scattered us among the nations. You sell your people for next to nothing and are not enriched by selling them. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to those all around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a shaking of the head among the peoples. This is uh, kind of graphic in terms of its imagery, but every time the mention of the name of the nation of Israel was met with the shaking of a head like, My dishonor, verse 15, is continually before me, and the shame of my face has covered me. Because of the voice of him, verse 16, who reproaches and reviles, because of the enemy and the avenger, all this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you, nor have we dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way, but you have severely broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a foreign God, would not God search this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart, yet Verse 22, for your sake, this is interesting. We are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Hang on to verse 22. I want to come back to that in a moment. Very interesting. Awake, verse 23. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? And forget our affliction and our oppression. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our body clings to the ground. Arise for our help and redeem us for your mercy's sake. Wow, (laughs) what a psalm. We need to sort of uh, have some context here in terms of the backstory, in order to better understand what Psalm 44 is about. It's kind of gnarly, I, I would suggest. It's believed that it was written during King Hezekiah's time when the Assyrians were conquering, as one commentator noted, over 240 cities, including some of the cities in Judah. And you have to understand something about the Assyrians. They were evil to the core. 
They, they did the unthinkable. I don't, you'll forgive me for the graphic nature of this description, but let me just kind of give you an idea so you can better understand what the psalmist's plea is here and cry is here for help. So the Assyrians were at this time the most powerful ruling empire with the most powerful military in the world. And they would go into a city to conquer that city. And the city, if they put up a fight, uh, they would make an example out of them. And the way they would make an example out of the city that they were conquering was they would take all of them and behead them. And take, I'm sorry again for the graphic description, but it is what it is. They would take those heads, they would put them on poles outside of the city to make an example. And it's even worse than that. They would take the skin off of their bodies and hang them up on the walls. And the message that was sent was, hey, uh, when we come to besiege your city, <laughs> there's the easy way and there's the hard way. And so what would happen is they would go in, and this would explain why they would conquer these cities seemingly effortlessly, because the cities then and the people therein would just simply surrender so as to not suffer such an unthinkable and unspeakable fate. So now they're not only a formidable threat to the cities of Judah, of which Hezekiah is king, and a good king, by the way. And for those of you who were with us during our study through Samuel and the kings and even the chronicles, we learned that there was never one good king in Israel, and there were only nine good kings in all of Judah who did right in the sight of the Lord, and Hezekiah was one of them. And God was pleased with Hezekiah. And God blessed his reign as king in Judah at this time. But here come the Assyrians. This is serious. This is life and death serious. Have you seen what they've done to the cities that they've conquered? Key word, conquered. Again, I want to come back to that word. Have you seen what they've done? So they're now on their way, and they're heading southward, and Jerusalem is in their sights. So this explains why it is that the psalmist would cry out for mercy, cry out for help. Oh God, please save us. They know what's coming. They know who's coming. And they know that the Assyrians are about to besiege Jerusalem. Notice in verse 22, the psalmist cries out, to God for mercy and help. And he, in verse 22, cries out for mercy and says, we are but dead. <laughs> and, and you understand why now when you see it in the context of Assyria being just about to besiege and capture the city of Jerusalem in their path. And so their response is, God, unless you do something, we're done. We're done. They're going to conquer us. And this is why it is, and this is interesting because we just talked about this in our study in Ephesians. 
where the Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, actually quotes verse 22 from this psalm. Let me uh, read Romans 8, verses 35 through 39, where again Paul quotes from this psalm. He says, asks really rhetorically, actually, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or dare I add the Assyrians? And here's the quote, verse 36, as it is written, Psalm 44 verse 22. For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Think about this. We're about to be conquered. We're about to be slaughtered like the Israelites were then by the Assyrians. So too are we now about to be conquered. And what does Paul do? He says, no. Verse 37. I love this, I love this, I love this. In all these things, and you'll forgive the paraphrase, but I do so for purpose of really illustrating and explaining what it is that Paul is saying here. He's saying, we're not just conquerors. (laughs) We're not going to be conquered. And we're not even just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us? The Assyrians don't stand a chance. The enemy does not stand a chance. Oh yeah, I know you face trouble. I know you face hardship. I know you face persecution. But none of that, nor famine, nor nakedness, nor danger, nor sword, nor anything will ever conquer you. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, (laughs) as we're about to see uh, shortly, the Assyrians do not conquer Jerusalem. They are conquered by the hand of God, actually by the angel of God. Again, spoiler alert, don't want to get too ahead of myself. It's so fascinating. He says in verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, pretty much covers it all, wouldn't you agree? Will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the promise that we have. And that's the promise that we stand on, even when we face the formidable threat from the Assyrian in our life, the enemy in our life. Can't wait till Sunday. We're finally (laughs) going to get to the armor of God. And very practically, how the armor works in the life of a Christian when it comes to spiritual attack, when the enemy, when, not if, the enemy attacks Psalm 45. This again is to the chief musician. It's set to contemplation again of the sons of Korah. But this time we're told that it's a love song. 
Aww. <laughs> a song of love. And oh my goodness, how magnificent is this. Verse 1. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer, verse 2, than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one. Notice the capitalizations depending on the translation that you have. With your glory and your majesty. And verse 4, in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh, aloes, and cassia out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. Kings, verse 9, daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. In other words, when you come to the king, in this application, the king of kings, forget the former life. It matters not. So the king, capitalized, notice, will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Oh, Worship him. And the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. The royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful bride. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. Notice the virgins, her companions who follow her, shall be brought to you with gladness and rejoicing. They shall be brought, they shall enter the king's palace. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. So what's this psalm about? It may be better asked who wrote this psalm and who they wrote this psalm about. That's not proper English or sentence structure, but you get the point. Some suggest that it was written by Solomon concerning a queen 
that he took as his bride, and that certainly can be the case. I don't think that we really know for whom this love song was written or whom it was written by, but here's what we do know. It points ever so beautifully and prophetically to Jesus Christ as our bridegroom and us as the bride. Now, when we get to the book of the Song of Solomon, also known as the Song of Songs, which, so we're in Psalms, then uh, Proverbs, can't wait for Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, then Song of Solomon. But suffice it to say, we're going to see in a very dramatic and poetic way this type, this this picture prophetically that speaks to this magnificent love that our King of Kings has for us as his bride. There's really references to this in the book of Revelation as it relates to us as the bride of Christ. Certainly we see it throughout scripture and other places as well. But in Revelation 21 verses 9 and 10 it says that then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. You know who that is? <laughs> That's us. The body of Christ, the church of Christ, the bride of Christ. Interesting, And if uh, let me just kind of parenthetically add, actually let me read 2217 uh, in Revelation. It says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life free. Now why do I refer to these uh, two verses here in the book of Revelation? Because, and stay with me on this. You have to understand that the bride in Scripture, and certainly with respect to Jewish culture and tradition. The bride did not know the day or the hour that the bridegroom would come and take her away, catch her away, and take her to his father's house where he had gone to prepare a bridal chamber, a place for her, so that he would come back for her, so that where he is, there she may be also. By the way, when Jesus said that, he was speaking as a bridegroom to his bride, who he had been betrothed to, engaged to, and would come back for. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. 
If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <music> 